0: Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me your host Valerie and sometime co-host Ms. Purrington. Comedywham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column Rochelle Takes on Comedy. We've got a festivals page and our FPIA page where you can see the history of the contest. You can keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. And why am I not mentioning YouTube? We have a YouTube channel, too. Uh, And, of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show. Actually, there's a really cool Submit a Show button right on the homepage, too. And fill out the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories, and we will share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I'm talking to the co-host of Business Hours. It's a weekly comedy show set in a convenience store. I've actually seen him lately doing more experimental comedy than traditional stand-up. Uh, But we were running open mics at about the same time, about five years ago, which is crazy. that Now I'm getting to interview him. Uh, He makes visually interesting short videos that you need to check out on his YouTube channel. And I'll give a particular shout out to Don't Make Tea and Snake Charmer. Because uh, 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 the Don't Make Tea, I literally envisioned myself sitting in one of those dark rooms at a contemporary art museum watching this on a loop. And thinking, yeah, that fits. That fits the vibe. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And he was written up in the 2022 Top 10 Austin Comedy Stories in the Austin Chronicle. Not that I had a hand in that.
1: that how that happened.
0: (laughs) And now Comedy (laughs) Wham presents our guest, Zane Hussein. Hi. Welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks so much for having me.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited about this. Unreasonably so, because I just remember you as an open miker and now five years later i'm seeing you do experimental shit and i'm seeing you i'm seeing the videos that you had on youtube and and i'm still going to open mics (laughs) yeah sure Mm. that's true there is that (laughs) yeah uh and i have run out of time to go out go to open mics one day though i'll get back to it i think maybe
1: i like doing those videos they're all really i mean i i I really made those uh like spur of the moment things Hmm. they're very like i don't know they're not something i really think about often i forgot that i'd done them until (laughs) you mentioned it you mentioned both of them and i was like by name it like triggered something in me yeah was like oh whoa i did
0: they're really cool i
1: forgot that those were up yeah uh
0: am i right you you went to film school Oh uh, like, yeah. You have a film I'm, degree.
1: I'm currently actually still there. But yeah. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Are you
0: you're still in school?
1: Yeah, I took a year off during the pandemic ah. to work at like a food truck and I went to community college for a while so
0: Okay.
1: Uh, still working my way through, just about to graduate hopefully.
0: Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah, all of your videos they have the air of, "Oh, I know what I'm doing as a video editor." I'm doing these really cool techniques and
1: I definitely like doing video stuff. It's really interesting work. I, I think I could do more of that in the future. I'm I'm working on a lot of documentary stuff right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a the angle I'm kind of looking at things. Huh. But yeah, I don't I don't think anything has ever come close to how much I enjoy stand-up and yeah. comedy stuff, huh. so I know that's going to be the forefront of everything that I want to do.
0: Yeah. Like, Okay.
1: the head of it all but it's cool that you saw those videos i don't think anyone else really has or anyone's thought of them um they scared my mom she's she saw she saw them and she literally called me and was like like viscerally affected by the video that 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 one
0: yeah um, that one was i mean like i said i could visualize myself sitting in one of those dark contemporary art museums and it's like i could i could Try to imagine the little, you know, the little white card so that they have, Mm. you know, this is talking about the patriarchy and societal influences and all that speak.
1: Yeah, just (laughs) just love. I'm a very deep person, so I'm glad that you could see that through my art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay, let's go back to what I always do, which is my icebreaker question. Mm -hmm. One word to describe your past.
1: Um smooth.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm not sure anybody has ever said that.
1: It's, it's, I feel like I've had a pretty good upbringing and feel pretty well adjusted to things. And yeah, I feel like I've got enough, you know, support where I need to, to kind of like pull myself up and be a whole person when I need to Yeah. now. Um, I mean, it was definitely like, I, I moved around a lot, so it was not always smooth but I'm just gonna say that as a blanket statement for the whole (laughs) yeah if you asked me like five years ago I probably would have said something a bit cheesier Mm. or something a bit more about you know how tough it's been but I think overall I feel pretty good about where I'm at yeah yeah yeah
0: age has a way of saying you know looking back maybe not so bad yeah
1: I was fine everything was fine
0: (laughs) uh a- am I right from, you know, stalking your Instagram that you're a world traveler?
1: Uh, I mean, I was I was born in Hong Kong and then raised in, like, Houston, Karachi. I did, like, half a high school in Pakistan. Oh my God. So, like...
0: Okay, so, yes, I am. But correct.
1: it's not like... I, I feel like a world traveler makes it sound like I'm trying to travel the world. But mm-hmm. it's more like I was taken to these places. Uh-huh. Like, it wasn't really my decision for the most part. But... I, I've I have been around a bit. I've I've been around. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and how many languages have you picked up in this? You know, being around the world. None. No, are you <laughs> I mean, serious? I, I
1: can speak Urdu um, and pretty okay. I mean, over here, I can I can impress people <laughs> if I need to. But when I'm back there, they just like sizzle me. They roast me. Huh? They're awful to me uh. because my Urdu is laughable there. It's uh-huh. pretty clear that I'm more texan than i am anything else uh uh, in terms of at least yeah my dialect i mean i say y'all there and they you know they do spit takes they (laughs) lose their minds they think i'm a real cowboy and i think that's awesome (laughs) that's kind of i like being a blend of things
0: yeah yeah no that's uh yeah being a mutt is pretty good i'm cons- i consider myself a mud so. yeah
1: i like it I, yeah. I like having a lot of different you know different experiences and friends around the place it's it's very weird trying to like match humor to like in other countries i mean just like having friends there and like seeing what people think is funny there is always interesting to me yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh did did laughter have a role in your in your life growing up
1: Definitely. I mean, my my dad's really funny, and my mom's really twisted. Oh. She's really funny in, like, a really dark way. Uh-huh. She's always talked about, like, I don't know, she would always say things like, you know, I'm going to die soon, so you kids got to be <laughs> able to fend for Mom. yourself and figure yourselves out. So she, she's got a really dark, I think I get my, like, my darker side from her, and my dad's, he's a real goofball, uh-huh. silly guy. So I kind of got, like, a... A good duality going. Yeah. From from them.
0: When you uh, how long were you in Hong Kong?
1: Oh, like three years. Barely okay. remember it.
0: And then that's the move to Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then
1: Houston to Pakistan, and then Pakistan to Houston, and then Houston to Pakistan, Pakistan to Houston, Houston to Austin. Um, wow. But that's the whole thing. <laughs>
0: wow. And um, okay. So I already know that you you must not have spent enough time in Pakistan to. Be, well they're they're making fun of your dialect when you visit
1: yeah I can speak I can like hold up a conversation okay. but I can't uh, I can't read or write or
0: oh my god we're so similar
1: okay you're also your immigrant background similar
0: yeah because I I was born in Belgium mm-hmm. moved when I was six so I essentially have a kindergartner's education I can have a full-on conversation in French that's my language uh-huh. can't read can't write
1: yeah i think it's cool being you know just just like able enough to yeah. like communicate yeah and then no other skills i'd right. love to i'd love to <laughs> read and write i'd love to but it's it seems it's tough yeah. to actually commit to learning another language and yeah you have to like you know surround yourself with people who are always speaking it which i try to yeah. do here i mean i I like to hang out with like older muslim men who I like find at local businesses. I feel like that's like a <laughs> It's a random
0: of sentence. Yeah, it's just it's
1: something it's it's definitely just an extracurricular activity I get up to in my free time, I guess. I have a history with it.
0: Yeah. There
1: used to be this store on Guad called uh, Sam's Computers and it was like this old computer store that was there for like years for like 20, 25 years. And it was run by this, like, old Pakistani man named Imran. And I would just go in there, I'd, like, bring a book, I'd read, and then I'd just hang out with him for, like, hours. <laughs> We'd watch cricket games or, oh my like, gosh. just talk, talk shop, you know. <laughs> it was really <laughs> interesting. It's such an archaic place because it was just filled with, like, old iPhone cases and, like, tech from, like, 15, 20 years oh ago gosh. that he hadn't cleared out. It was, it was really special.
0: So as a kid, bouncing around from Houston, Texas, to Pakistan, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. You feel free to correct me, because I'm going to fuck this up the I entire mean, episode.
1: I don't care. <laughs> I probably won't.
0: How yeah. much whiplash were you getting as a kid? Or were you just not even aware of like these major cultural ping-pongs that you were going through?
1: I mean, I think I was... I was, uh, it was interesting to observe, I guess. I I really, I noticed a lot of similarities between the two worlds. It was like two different worlds I was in when I was here and when I was there. Um, but I think overall I I was able to like find, you know, the people that made me laugh and that I liked being around. So I got through it all pretty easily, I guess. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, it was, it is interesting living in like a country that's like 98 percent muslim mm-hmm. and then like moving here and i remember like in elementary school someone was like i was like wait so do you are you christian and i didn't know what to say so i was just like yes i had like didn't uh-huh. i was like i wanted to be cool i wanted to like uh-huh. i wanted them to like accept me and then they're like do you go to church and i was like no what's what's church and then they immediately just caught me in my lie uh uh-huh and i was like oh i'm such a fool i don't even know i didn't even know like other religions existed until i was like eight years old i guess seven or eight years old when i moved here because i was just only surrounded with one uh-huh. so i think that was an interesting part of development yeah. for sure was seeing other people and just like a different a whole different you know society yeah. basically and i love it here <laughs> I think I've, you know, I I really do feel like Texas is my home.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you you go back from time to time.
1: Yeah, I went back in 2019. I'll probably go back again at some point yeah. soon. Um cuz my mom still lives there and my little brother lives there too. Oh. And I have like a lot of family there, so I I go back when I can, but um it's yeah, it, it, I I'll enjoy I enjoy going back. It's just not um it's not somewhere I see myself living, at least for most of my life.
0: I mean, this is comedy wham, so I have to ask, you know, what is comedy like in in Pakistan?
1: It's actually, it's interesting. Last time I went, I actually did go to a show and I was trying to talk to people there. Because I, I was like maybe two years into comedy and I was doing, I was like, relatively confident in my stuff but I also knew that m- none of my stuff could really work there because it's so blasphemous mm. like I just feel like I would it would be really tough navigating certain subjects in that culture yeah um but I went to a roast battle in mm. that was I found out after I got there it was predominantly in Urdu so uh I basically didn't understand like most of the battle but like I got like the gist of it and i've seen like one or two comedy shows there they're all interesting there is like a scene that's there i remember talking to people about the scene and trying to like scope out what it was like uh-huh. and it was it's it's very similar to how it's set up here in some ways there's roast battles that go on there's like shows that are monthly at the same venue and weird basement shows that happen and stuff like that (laughs) there's still like a whole alt scene and like a there's panel shows and stuff that people who like do comedy enough will end up getting on tv with and it's interesting to see like the whole you know yeah the the same culture here over there kind of growing out of stuff here i definitely think the roast battles came like after roast became popular here and then took form over there like a lot of i mean we didn't get boba tea until like 10 years ago five 10 years ago or Mm -hmm. maybe like i remember when it happened we got our first boba shop in karachi and i was like this is huge (laughs) this is massive for for us this is a cultural touchstone yeah
0: that's Mm -hmm. that's hilarious boba tea (laughs) uh we're we're big boba tea fans here so oh we're very pro boba tea yeah,
1: me me too. I mean, I love it. I can't get enough of it. And I'm just glad that it's over there now. And yeah. it's just, there's stuff like that that moved over there that was really interesting. Like, seeing it, like, just come up. Like, I mean, we got... Um, we, had, we always had KFC and McDonald's, but we just got, like, our first Mexican restaurant. Huh. And that blows my mind, too, because it's so far away from pakistan it's like way across the globe why would they even like think of like how did that even come to mind but it's just american culture like intercepting like pakistanis and then they're like all right i got a business idea it's Mm -hmm. just something that they've been doing here it's basically a chipotle i'm trying to get my little brother to work there Uh i've been like telling him you gotta work there you're from texas you're in pakistan it's the only mexican restaurant in the country. This is such a unique experience yeah. for you to like jump into. But he's lazy. Oh. So <laughs> I don't think he's going to do it. But wishful thinking.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you you have funny moments from your childhood and you end up in Austin. Yes. About how many years ago?
1: I guess four or five years ago 2018 okay if you you count the pandemic yeah yeah
0: we'll get to that yeah
1: I mean uh, I I, I, I moved here to go to community college which you don't really have to do that anywhere you could just go to community college in any city that you're already in but I didn't want to live in Houston anymore and I wanted to like live by myself because I was like I'm 18 Mm. now take it on and then I moved (laughs) here and like on my first night I like just went on a random walk downtown and, like, walked into Fallout uh, Theater.
0: Oh.
1: And, like, I saw I saw a show, and then I stuck around for the late show, and I, I was hooked. Wow. I was, uh, I was just... I, it was on a complete whim that I was just walking downtown in a yeah. random direction from my house, because I just moved here. And it was, like, one of the first places I went to.
0: That's crazy.
1: Um, yeah, it was... You could have
0: walked into...
1: Yeah, I could have walked into uh, any any other establishment and <laughs> yeah. be a completely different I could have walked into like a, a I guess I I was underage, so it'd have to be somewhere like, I couldn't I wouldn't there I couldn't have walked into a strip club right. I was I was eighteen. <laughs> but I could have walked into like a Barnes and Nobles and I could be a librarian now. Yeah. So there's yeah. like a whole different path that I could have gone on in the multiverse. <laughs>
0: um do you do you think you'd always been craving, like, that comedy element? Or do you really think you're just that susceptible to uh, influence?
1: I mean, I think it was in me for sure. I did a, I did debate and speech oh, in okay. high school. And my brother did debate and speech. And the most memorable moments from that were when we were fucking around. And, like, when my brother, like, told us stories about... Um, just like throwing rounds and throwing the competition and not taking it seriously uh-huh. and having fun, like that was the kind of stuff I was like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. That it's just funny that you're like, that, like you're able to speak and present stuff, but you're also kind of playing to the judge. Because mm-hmm. I, I did PF. Which, oh my god. Okay, so you, I don't, I don't no, know no, if no. you want to hear about. Um, I was a
0: the- CXer, but my son's at Harvard right now.
1: Oh, wow. PF-ing. He's a PF? Yes. Wow, okay.
0: And it is the bane of... This is the one area we butt heads, because I'm like, CX, man, CX.
1: I cannot stand CX. <laughs> I think it is atrocious. <laughs> I think y'all are like weird <laughs> freaks. I don't understand you. I don't know this why you would do the anything like that. it. The podcast is over. Get out.
0: <laughs> I'm keeping the goodies. No, that's so funny that you're a pf
1: Yeah, I love a lay judge. I love just someone's mom. Like, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly who I want to be talking to. I tried volunteering
0: once as a judge. I couldn't follow it.
1: You couldn't understand? <laughs> I couldn't really?
0: follow it. No. It's
1: so... I feel like it's the babyest form of debate. It's like the most...
0: What's well, the newest? I mean, it wasn't around when I was debating. Oh, I
1: didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's probably I'm very old. old. It's probably only been around like 15 years,
0: I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm very old. I mean, so. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> okay, like, sorry, I derailed. Yeah. I just had to know what you were. What I'm glad you said that you were a PFer because I was dying to know when you said what were. You, you know, that you did to speech and debate. Yeah. yeah they're all goofballs. It's and, a goofy, it's yeah. the
1: goofiest time. Cause you can, if it's a judge. like I remember quoting the Bible during <laughs> PF rounds just cause I knew that the judge was Christian and that <laughs> I could like get like vibes from them. I would do a lot of really like silly things uh-huh. to like throw them and to like, yeah, I remember once my, improving.
0: like, yeah, basically
1: improving. I think yeah. that's what I realized I was doing uh-huh. and then. At the tournament itself, you're just kind of, like, having a fun time with everyone. You're just trying – it's – like, I remember – I never made it – the first year I took it seriously, and I remember take, being, like, really focused. Uh-huh. And then in the middle of my freshman year of high school, I moved to Pakistan and then moved back my junior year, and I came back like a like a loose cannon. I was just, like, <laughs> ready to just – be insane and Uh not take anything seriously in debate or in just generally I was I think I was way more lax because I was like I don't know moving kind of like threw off my whole thing I feel like I would have been like a probably like a and like a engineering major software engineer type person I'd probably be valedictorian if I stayed (laughs) in Houston for all four years of high school but I think it was good I had a a wrench thrown into my plans Hmm. um because, yeah, that would have been really boring (laughs) to go down that path.
0: So you have this life-changing experience at Fallout Theater. What's your next step?
1: Uh, I went to, I think I went to a couple shows for like a week or two before I went to my first open mic. Mm -hmm. And then I did an open mic at Volstead. Um, That was the first one I did. I basically probably disassociated from it just like got up on stage spoke written word stuff um probably disassociated right afterwards just had a lot of adrenaline yeah and then i think i don't think i remember it being like i I probably did bad i was probably (laughs) pretty bad but i remember going to like another mic after that i went to cenote that same week because thursday and then friday i did cenote and we all then, know sound
0: on Saturdays
1: and yeah well Saturday I, I hadn't even heard of it oh. at that point I didn't even know that that was around uh-huh. but Sunday I did go to Cap City ah. and I think that was I did a completely different set than I'd ever done and I think that was the first time it like clicked for me because mm. I did the open mic there and I actually did well at least from relative to how I'd done the Two times before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you
0: How did you approach those open mics? Because you, you're you've not been a performer other than speech and debate, where you're supposed to be prepared. Yeah. Did you write stuff? You said you've. Pre- the first
1: you've- mic I did, I had st- like a Google Doc. I remember being <laughs> such a nerd about it when I first started. I had like a I had a whole thing typed on my laptop that I <laughs> sort of memorized, uh-huh. and I remember just it was. I could probably find it, and it's probably god-awful. Uh-huh. I probably would just cringe at every <laughs> second of reading it. But I remember by the time Cap came, uh, like, that weekend, I'd completely, like, thrown out all the material I'd done and then wrote, like, these this just, like, short three-minute set with, like, punch lines and jokes in it that made more sense. It was less, like, stream-of-consciousness stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of understood more that, you know... I actually enjoy the structure to it all more so than just, like, you know, firing off vulnerabilities or whatever yeah. I was doing when I first started. Yeah. So I, I think I, I got it more seeing. And also, I think watching comics at CAP really helped when I first started.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was definitely, like, important for me to see how people run the mic and how, like, you don't have to be, like completely prepared with you know you're you don't have to do like a ton of homework. It's really a lot of doing it is just being in the room and paying attention to the room. I think that helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it might have been Joey Z hosting the mic that first time, but (laughs) it's been a long time. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so for the first year or so you're just getting the getting to as many open mics as you can Mm -hmm. and as we start creeping towards March of 2020 where where do you see yourself fitting in and and being comfortable with being a stand-up or now are you doing anything other than stand-up in this period
1: um I I guess I was doing some stuff but it was all on the side I I, I was doing some improv stuff but nothing that really like clicked with me Mm -hmm. Uh, stand-up was definitely the thing I was most passionate about. And I was going out, like, every night for that whole year. So, it was... I was trying to get in as many sets I could a week. And I remember just being, like, addicted to it. And (laughs) I was so... Yeah, I was so into it. I couldn't stop. So, it was... was, I was gearing up to something. And then I remember I had, like, a whole crisis. Because I did... I just bombed my ass off at fpia i ate like complete (laughs) shit i was the worst set of the night i remember just just sucking so bad and it was a huge blow to my confidence but it was also i think super good for my writing and for just like my like my perception of stand-up because like after that i remember I took two weeks off where I just didn't do any sets, didn't do anything, just kind of lived, and then I started writing again, and I think I had a completely different approach to stand up after that bomb, that, like, tragic moment in my life, and I remember I did Live at Cold Town at the end of that month, the same month and I had like the best set I'd ever had Hmm. and it was like an electric feeling and I was completely I was way more like off I think it like made me not rely on the material as much and it made me pay attention to like the room more for sure just because I remember being like so confident in those jokes and for them to go so badly and then to continue doing them throughout the FPIA set I was like oh this is this is awful. Like I don't need. I should have just acknowledged that I destroyed the room and made everyone feel awful <laughs> instead of just kept on going. Um, so that was really funny. I remember I was uh, in a did, stand-up little group at the time.
0: Were you? Did you do the same jokes you had been doing? Leading up to FPIA and no, getting
1: no, like at Coaltown at Live no no, at, no, no. Town?
0: At, at the at your FPIA that you, you say you bombed yeah I mean.
1: yeah I definitely I did um, a lot of the same jokes that I'd been doing mm. and I and I, and they'd done okay in other places it was literally not the fault of the jokes I opened with something that was like so aggressive and upsetting oh. the audience didn't know how to react to it and i've opened with it before but it was very i'd never performed in front of 200 people mm. and also like yeah i remember it was it was such a weird experience to <laughs> just like bomb immediately just come out the <laughs> gates come out, right come out there. the gates just <laughs> sucking so hard and I didn't it never happened before that bad. It never I'd never upset a room like that. So that was that was a really cool I mean, that's experience. That's an accomplishment thing. You know, you, you,
0: you. ruined two hundred people's experience. Yeah, Solid for six wonderful.
1: minutes I just ruined their vibe and that's and I you know I feel good about it now. <laughs>
0: you've learned. You've you learned from the experience. Yeah, it feels it feels great.
1: I, I I remember what I said even, I had this like One thing about, like, I came out and I picked on someone's dad in the front row. Oh, God. And I was just, I said something about them. um, Like, something about, like, having sex with him for college tuition or something. Just something so (laughs) stupid and, like, I think it was Sawyer's dad. Oh, God! you know who Sawyer, you know. I'm pretty sure it was Sawyer's dad. And I remember being like, wow, I'm never gonna... (laughs) I'm never gonna recover from this. This is the worst experience I've ever had. Um, but I did FPI this last year and it was fun, yeah. so it's fine. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you've learned. I mean, there's a lot of time yeah. that has passed between them because the Absolutely. last FPI was 2019. So yeah. Uh, so Cold Town got you on the right track as far as figuring out. Oh, I gotta, I gotta read the room and.
1: I was in a stand-up group that Karina Magyar was kind of, Aww. like, she she would take in a lot of new people yeah. and, like, kind of, like, talk to them weekly. And I remember the week after FPIA, I, like, br- I, like told everyone about my experience uh-huh. and they were, like, dying laughing because <laughs> they were like, this is, that's so funny that you did so bad. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it's, that really helped. I think that made me feel a bit more comfortable and, like not as you know defeated yeah i was able to recover from that but it was a huge moment for me
0: <laughs> Oh man!
1: all my friends both of my like best friends were there they saw the whole thing um matt bearden just roasted me right after i got <laughs> off stage
0: i mean that's almost worth it
1: yeah that was kind of nice yeah i mean looking back it's like that's that's a moment i mean <laughs> I to can't. be
0: bad enough to get a matt beard and roast what's yeah. Accomplishment.
1: I I I'm I'm proud of what yeah. happened that night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so stand up leading up to March 2020 that is your self so focus. And by the way, you're still a student.
1: At yeah, this point. I, I mean, So I, yeah. you're
0: juggling school and this passion.
1: Yeah, but school is not really that hard. <laughs> school's fine. Um it feels like uh, you know, I'll be done with it soon. It's not something that's in the front of my brain yeah (laughs) it's just kind of happening but i definitely focus more on stand-up and care more about it than most other aspects
0: was the um okay we're gonna we're gonna get close to doing our our little card game but Mm -hmm. um before we do the card game let me ask one question did did the zane and carlos uh duo exist before covid
1: Oh yeah, definitely. We okay. did shit. we ran shows together before COVID. Oh, ah, okay. Um, like about in 2019, we started doing a show at the co-op. It was kind of a sister show to Chortle Portal, um, because that was already going on. And then mm-hmm. we, I asked Clarkston if it'd be, if he'd be okay with us doing another show at a co-op and he was like, yeah, go for it. You definitely, and he was a big part of like us starting that up. That was kind of our first step together, as friends i met carlos at one of my first open mics probably at my first open mic at volstead or something Uh. we've been we went to a lot of our first mics together so we've been friends for a long time but um yeah we definitely running a show together at the co-op was like a big moment for us just like a bonding moment that Mm -hmm. really helped so we've been we've been friends for close to i guess four or five years now yeah as long as i've been doing stand-up yeah, that's, that's how cool. we met. So. I had no
0: idea. I thought, oh, you know, it's a recent thing and now they're doing this show and
1: Oh yeah, we are I think we're yeah, partners in crime. We've <laughs> kind of <laughs> grown together in both of our experiences with it. He yeah. that year he qualified for FPIA. He made it to the finals. <laughs> right? He was my best friend. <laughs> so that was really interesting for me. That was yeah. particularly um humbling? Yes. <laughs> so humbling. Just
0: yeah he came out of nowhere mm-hmm. i remember that finals yeah. yeah
1: everyone was yeah taken aback by and they're like wow this guy's great yeah and i was like yeah i'm his best friend <laughs> i'm Ever the one heard that destroyed me. the room
0: mm-hmm. during prelims
1: so yeah that's that was a you know we've we've been tighter than like you know we're two peas in a pod yeah
0: All right, let's uh, take our little intermission and do the the break. So pick a card, I'll read it off to you. Okay, this one. That one, okay. Left card. (laughs) The person I find most annoying is...
1: Oh, oh no. How am I supposed to... Is this supposed to be in scene, or is this supposed to just be in my personal life? Is it just... I don't know. My boss micromanages (laughs) me a lot at work. She's always telling me to like... I don't know. It's there's a lot of, a lot of small things that I don't like about her. I guess that's something that annoys me a lot. Um, culturally speaking, I don't know. Tucker Carlson gets on my nerve. There's just like, what kind of, what route am I supposed to take with this? Is it's you know, locally there's a lot of people that oh annoy name me. names. I don't want to name names. I know that everyone is going to you know everyone does the podcast. I don't want to name. You've probably talked to the person who I find the most annoying. You've you're probably you've probably had them on the podcast.
0: Probably, I've had a lot of annoying people. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> At some point, we've all been annoying, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I don't know who the most annoying person is. I I feel like the sometimes the most annoying people are my favorite as well. Like I'll have a friend who. I need them to annoy me. I need them to push me. I need someone to like push my buttons because I get c- too comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna lock in. Uh, the most annoying person is uh, Conrad Fagan. I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop him because he's a good friend of mine, but he can be a bitch. He can be just a total nuisance and a pain in the ass. But he's also one of the funniest people i've ever met and people love and hate him i think he's one of the most controversial people in the whole city (laughs) in terms of just how people feel about him
0: Uh
1: it's a real love-hate situation he's yeah
0: okay all right let's see what i have to answer all right the thing
1: i I complain the most about
0: Oh my gosh. Things not being in their place? I'm so OCD. Oh, and like, like
1: physical things not being in their yeah. place or just spiritually speaking? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not spiritually. Well, spiritually, yes. There is, there is a, a thing that's definitely not in its right place. But uh, yeah, no, like well, things I, I need. I want to know what that is.
1: <laughs> I want to what is. Oh,
0: that's going to get really dark and sad if I do it, though. Um, are we Facebook friends?
1: I think we are Facebook friends. Like for a
0: long time.
1: I think we've been Facebook friends for a while, but I don't know if I've seen anything recently. If there's well, something.
0: so my son's father passed away. I and didn't so know about that. That's sorry. the thing that it's like. All right, you know, mm-hmm. that should not have happened.
1: Spiritual imbalance. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you
0: know, it creates a whole thing for my son, and you know.
1: But physically, spirit like physically, things can't be in the wrong place without you yeah no you need to have it all organized my yeah. mom's the same way yeah she's has to, she's very she cleans all the time she spends non-stop putting things yeah. in place
0: so <laughs> it's really bad and i know like from appearances you're like this house is all of chaos like there's just random shit everywhere
1: i would not have said that
0: <laughs> but i'm saying it. <laughs>
1: this place is very clean <laughs> and orderly i think your house looks beautiful <laughs> you have great furniture and the whole place looks so great. It's but,
0: but to me, all I see is that should not be there. That should be put away. That should not be there. That's all I see. And it's it. I allow it to create stress until I decide. Okay, house cleaning. Dump everything. What do
1: you do to get rid of that? What do you? What eases your? Like when do you find yourself okay with the mess? Because I oh, I, I live in mess. I no. love mess. <laughs> oh.
0: No, I eventually get to a point where I have to purge, and then that gets me back to, okay. Purge, zen. like
1: clean everything out, like do a yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. I think i mainly clean when I'm avoiding something. Uh, when I'm like, yeah. oh, there's something I'd, I'm procrastinating or putting off is when I'm like, yeah. all right, time to really focus on my bathroom. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs>
0: You know what, the, what Mexican therapy is?
1: No, I've, I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've never heard it's of it. It's house that. cleaning
1: oh yeah
0: if i'm like really needing like some evaluation Mm. of self and situations the house will never be cleaner
1: (laughs) i've never heard that before really that's a great that's a great phrase and i'm going to use it a lot and i'm going to use it in a way that makes people uncomfortable people are gonna yes do it
0: you have my endorsement (laughs) but don't make a racist yeah
1: i mean uh, sure (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All my Mexican girlfriends say the same thing. Okay it's like, yeah. Let's do some Mexican therapy, time to clean.
1: Generally speaking, I, I can make things uncomfortable by making things racist. <laughs> it's a power that I've noticed I you can tap into when yeah. you're a race. Yeah. Um, so I like to do that sometimes. I, yeah. I think the last yeah, it's it's just a it's something that's fun to do with your friends if they're you know make them feel uncomfortable and make them feel like, oh no, I, we have to like tiptoe around the subject now. And I like to be really abrasive about stuff like that.
0: If you deconstruct what comedy is, it's comedy is breaking tension. And yeah. if you build the tension because you're like kind of dancing around a racist thing or somebody that, or not a racist thing, a thing that might be about race Yeah. where people are like, Oh, I don't know if I should like this or not. Just makes people tense not. up a little. Yeah. But then you figure out the way to break the tension in a in, you know, the comedic way then that's that's art and because you are of a race you have that advantage and you're kind of forced to build that skill. Aloha. <laughs> sure <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. can I? Yeah I mean go okay. ahead
1: if you say it uh, I'd be fine with it.
0: I don't even know I'll, I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> See that, I like this this because is what you, I enjoy. Because you I like seeing threw in you some R's a lot more R's than yeah. I thought was in the phrase. Can you go a
1: stug for a look? Did you say that? No, I don't know what you're telling me to say. No, I draw the line. Okay, that's fair. That's fine. Just having fun. I do not need to be canceled, Zane. Uh, I've built too
0: much of my career as a fledgling podcaster. All right, so what did you do during COVID?
1: um, I... I moved in with Clarkston, with Andrew Clarkston, basically, like, right after, like, two or three months into COVID, and then I ingested so much media. I probably (laughs) went crazy on watching and consuming things, and I did some, like, online school at ACC and stuff, and I worked worked at a food truck, at a shawarma food truck for uh, six months at a just... Working around, like, a bunch of Arab people and making shawarma all day and all, from, like, 6 p.m. to 3 a.m.,
0: hmm.
1: like, four to five days a week. So I really—I got into—I submersed myself in that culture, I guess, and uh, working out of the food truck, which was fun. is I and mean, I got to play my own music, listen to my own podcasts. I just have to occasionally get screamed at by an Arab man <laughs> for not giving him <laughs> enough garlic sauce. Um that kind of thing. Uh, so that's that was like the a good chunk of getting through the pandemic was just working and like finding joy in other things through that.
0: But not like desperately trying to find ways to perform.
1: I, I think I did a show after a year, after the I think I did Cherrywood after a year of not doing any shows,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that was like my first show back, and I had like a great time, and I was on, I think Fahim Anwar was on that show, oh wow who was like a comic I'd looked up to at that point uh-huh. for sure, and I'd, I just on a whim had seen his special like two months ago um, before I was on that show, and I don't even like watch... Specials that much. Like, I don't go out of my way to like watch a special Uh that's just dropped or anything, but I just saw it, like, just, you know, I just pulled it up, like, just on YouTube, auto-suggest or something, saw the whole thing. And then, like, six weeks later, I was like on a show with him and I hadn't done stand-up in a whole year. So it was that was crazy for me to experience. And the show went really well. So I, I, that was definitely like a good boost to my confidence. I was like, oh, I can still do this. It's only been a year and. I I don't know if I even made anything that year. I feel like I was really just kind of focusing on like learning what I could from, you know, stuff before me. I think a lot of people in college will watch stuff like the Larry Sanders show Mm. and stuff like that, that they discover and all of that kind of, I don't know, you have to binge it at some point and get it into your head. And I feel like the pandemic was like a good moment for me.
0: What were your binges? your favorite benches
1: Um, well Clarkson always watched these crazy samurai movies these (laughs) Japanese movies so I'd come home and they'd just be on for hours on end oh my gosh and I saw I I must have seen so much so many weird movies that he had he's kind of a media fiend he like Mm. really collects things so it's good to have like a guru with you who guides you through (laughs) things like that I was trying to play D&D during the pandemic as well that was something I was trying to get done didn't really have oh, like we were playing a little bit and then like it mainly became us fighting with each other <laughs> 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 which i don't know it was all out of love but <laughs> it was it was still fun
0: have you done evan's uh critical hit show no i've oh, heard he about should, it i remember when him up
1: yeah that sounds like it'd be really fun i remember when he came up with that he was talking about it outside chortle portal once and he was like yeah it's gonna be a dnd show And I was yeah like, oh, that sounds cool
0: because he's out he's he was on recently and he complained this you know, comics don't play D and D, and I'm like, well, here's one. Yeah, so, I'm
1: n- I'm not good, but I yeah, love I don't to think you need to
0: be good. He's mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he's gonna test you on whether you can. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I'm, roll the I dice even, the right yeah. way,
1: or you know, my <laughs> my defense stats or whatever. Yeah, all of that's yeah. There's a certain like. uh You got to be a little autistic coded to be able to like really work around D&D, like to really understand the Dungeon Master side to it, which I definitely have that side to me. I like rules and homework and stuff. I'm like a little, uh, yeah, I'm I'm into all of that. I'm diligent. Yeah. (laughs) So.
0: Okay. You have brought up his name a couple of times and I know, I don't want you to necessarily speak for him, but Clarkston. Mm. Okay. I remember interviewing him, and one of the things that continues to stick in my brain is when, he, when I asked him, I don't know how it came up, it was something about, you know, is there, is there nothing else you'd want to pursue? And he's like, his response was something to the effect of, look at me. There's nothing else I can do. And it breaks my heart that I don't see him in the comedy scene anymore.
1: Yeah, we all miss him. I, every time we mention him, I'm always like, oh, I don't mean to dead name. <laughs> I always, I don't mean to like bring him into yeah. But you know, he's he's he came back um a couple months ago. He did the show at uh, Rio Market. He did business hours um at the convenience store, and it was really fun to see him again. Yeah. He comes to town every year, and there he's still around. You know he's he we call does he not live in
0: austin anymore
1: he moved to nacogdoches oh okay i don't even
0: know where that is
1: it's known as the oldest town in texas i think that's part of the appeal it also has the largest blueberry festival in the state (laughs) um important things to know and it has a very good taco bell Ah. when i was (laughs) there last that taco bell was spectacular i was blown away (laughs) by how fast the service was how friendly the servers were it Uh was it was a great experience overall. One of the best Taco Bells probably in this Gosh. entire great state. So definitely I might have recommend to this
0: to Taco <laughs> Bell marketing. See if I can get a sponsorship deal. <laughs> All oh. right. So yeah, pass the word along. He is missed, you know, by a oh, I, I, lady let him podcaster. Know. <laughs> everyone,
1: <laughs> everyone brings him up whenever I'm, whenever I bring him up or when everyone has feelings of, you know, a lot of feelings about him because yeah. he, was, he was, you know, he was a big inspiration for me when I was starting. Chortle Portal was like the show to be on yeah. when I came to town. And, yeah, it was, it was a hoot. It was just like an insane show. Yeah, and, and you never was,
0: knew what you were going to get from him. And it was always just the energy was amazing.
1: Yeah, that and was, was I remember so when funny. I was starting Business Hours, it was, it's definitely the blueprint for what I wanted the show to mm. be like. And we had both Danny and Clarkson on and... Getting their approval felt so good. <laughs> like just oh, doing Oh, Tell the me show. more, tell me more. We had well, we had them on week one week and then the other. So we had I think Clarkston on and then Danny on and uh Danny was like, Yeah, this is same you know, the music is playing, there's just filled with kids, everyone's really weird, uh-huh. everyone's on we we gave everyone these like THC gummies, <laughs> so it's like I mean, we can't smoke in the store like you could at Chortle Portal. Yeah. You can't drink in the store like you could at Chortle Portal, but we're, we were trying our hardest to cultivate like a friendly and kind of off the wall crazy mm-hmm. show idea and do it weekly so it was it was really fun yeah
0: how did you and, and Carlos come up with this idea
1: uh, I just I walked into the store one day and there was like two dudes playing careless whisper on guitar <laughs> uh, and then there was no one else in the store They're, the owner of the store was just standing in the back with his arms crossed uh-huh and like that was the entire show there was just two people and the owner and i went up to the owner and i was like hey do you think we could do like a comedy show here and he was like yeah why not (laughs) and then we just you know the next week we started up and we got the show rolling we did 15 shows last year in like the span of four or five months Uh um so that was really cool and you got, go like, some
0: serious press. You got the Spectrum News to come do a yeah, we profile were, on you.
1: We were on the news, which was really cool. Uh-huh. We got to do, like, live morning coverage. We had to, We came in suits. I, I told <laughs> Carlos and Conrad, I was like, we got to dress up for this. We got to go all out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a spot. And our, Lando Shepard actually saw that live and took a picture of it and was like, oh, my boys are on TV. And I was uh-huh. like, yes, that's huge. I'm so glad <laughs> that it's actually getting real press yeah it was getting real it felt it was kind of intimidating it was very scary to have the but it worked out really well um when we were running it at least did you get a bump yeah we i I think so i mean i don't know if anyone actually came from watching the news (laughs) but there was definitely some more talk i think more word of mouth we had great i i remember after that that um when we had great turnout for like four or five the next ones I mean we had good turnout the whole time but those were like especially good yeah like packing out the convenience store which you know (laughs) dream come true yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) convenience store what's next Ikea is that next that would be (laughs) huge yeah I'd love
1: to do something in an HEB or maybe like a Sam's Club show any sort you know if anyone's out there who owns any sort of retail store. I'd love to come in and um, just mess up the vibe.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> has, has anybody uh, told you, no, I'm not performing in, an, in a convenience store?
1: None of the comics we've asked have, have said no, but we've definitely had weird reactions when they get there <laughs> where they're just like really perplexed uh-huh. by the situation. And most of the time they talk about it on stage where they're just like, this is insane because it's like it's still running as a convenience store while the show's happening so people were coming in to buy food and drinks and get beer and the show's going on and we're standing right in front of the beer coolers Uh so for them to like walk back there and like grab a coors a pack of coors while we're like doing the shows really surreal yeah (laughs) it was really fun yeah Yeah. the environment
0: kind of brings material Yeah,
1: definitely, especially when we're running out of our own, (laughs) so (laughs) that was really useful. It was, was, it's the most fun I ever had doing anything was running that show. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, yeah, that was the highlight of last year, for sure. And you you
0: took a little break over the holidays, but you're you're back.
1: Um, not yet. We are still on hiatus right now. okay. We haven't come back yet, but we want to do kind of like a bigger one coming up soon, Ah. so... We're in talks with the store owner right now. I've just been... We've been busy with other things as well. And Carlos and I have another show at The Valve that we've been running. So that's been ah. also taking up our energy elsewhere. What is that uh, It's called The Buddy System. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a newlywed uh, game where we, we, like, have comics do their sets. Then we, like, ask them questions about each other. That's um, It's a fun show. It's also kind of like a... It's kind of a gimmicky show. It's But it's pretty enjoyable and, like... Everyone seems to like it so far. So that's it's been fun running a show at an actual club instead of just like a convenience <laughs> yeah. store or a co op, which both of those are just like I just asked if I could do it and then showed up and started doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I had to rent out all the gear myself and all of that. Oh yeah. So that. Like working at an actual comedy club is, is great. It is it definitely feels more legit I like doing like the underground shows or, you know, stuff that's more spur of the moment decision but like it is nice having like a actual club that like lets you kind of do what you want to do
0: yeah i saw you most recently at uh clara's good pollution show where you and carlos did some kind of goofy
1: we did like a sketch sketch. about being ghost hunters or something Yeah, yeah 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 we carlos and i have been doing a lot of sketches in the last year i think we've done um emma holder has a show at fallout that we do basically every month. And we've done, I think, at least like 10 of those. And then I've done one of those by myself with some friends too. And yeah, I I don't, I think I find sketch to be just more like, it's a good writing tool. I am not nearly as passionate about it. I wouldn't want to like take it. I wouldn't, I don't see myself taking it to the next level Mm -hmm. per se, or like trying to record them even. I, I see it as like a really great tool of just like writing weird stuff because we were even doing that for business hours we were kind of like doing sketches at the top of the show yeah because like i think chortle portal did that a lot where they used to have these like crazy ideas at the top these really big high concept stuff and it's like i don't know that's always been something that's intrigued me outside of just doing base stand-up which I like doing it's it's definitely the thing I, I would like want to do f- for the rest of my life but it's these weird kind of odd shows and sketches that like I find to be most interesting I don't know I like being it, it's just in- insane <laughs> I like being like a crazy person yeah. and I think that's one of the best ways to do that to go about it yeah yeah with like an audience in front of everyone.
0: You mentioned that you were going to be finishing up your, your schooling mm-hmm. soon. Is that this? Yeah. That in the next year,
1: year okay. probably by December. Are yeah. you going to
0: stay in Austin? You think?
1: I think so. Yeah. I'd like to stay in Austin for a couple more years yeah. for sure. Um, I, I love the city and I just, the community here I, I have, I don't think I could, it would take me a while to like learn everything about everyone in a new place. I think, there's clubs I wanna work at here, there's like institutions I respect and people that I respect so much that I feel like I still have a lot to learn and a lot to do in the city before yeah. I'd move out. I'm very hopeful for <laughs> staying in Austin.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. And you you got through FPIA this year?
1: Yeah, I mean I did, it was definitely not- Was it better? The, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> anything like the first time I did it. <laughs> went great it was a good time it was a fun room um yeah andrew murphy was hosting so he's my neighbor now oh um we live right next to each other i think that night at fpia i like pulled him aside right before i went up on stage and was like look at this couch that's right outside of my place i just got this today and you could have had this couch it was like up for grabs and i got it and i kind of like you know I kinda of flexed on him a yeah, little bit. Yeah. I you know, I got the couch, he didn't get the couch. That was kind of a you know I know he was hosting FPIA and he was a previous winner and stuff, <laughs> right? but in that moment I kind of felt like a winner because I got that nice teal couch. Yeah. And I still have it and it's oh, one of my teal. best couches. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's nice, huh. nice couch. It's very low to the ground. So it's you sink in really nice. Yeah. yeah that was good. It was a good time <laughs> going
0: doing
1: that. <laughs> I hope that's interesting that seems like it's, a very you know, tangential I, I know I'm... we've covered so many <laughs> random
0: topics in this episode that uh, there's something for everybody I think right? I think so I we've covered I... everything <laughs> it's been a jam-packed episode I've name-dropped like, so looking, many yeah. people <laughs> we're not even at an hour look at that I mean so many Ooh, yeah you have name-dropped a lot of people
1: so many names <laughs> uh, only useful for people who live here <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> know. I'm sure oh, some of them are going to be stars, so.
0: <laughs> One day. Um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you?
1: Um, I don't know. What do you want to know about me? What What perplexed, <laughs> What kind of, I, I do, I guess I have some other weird things. I teach improv at a senior center right now. Really? Yeah, I started teaching an improv class at a senior center like in November because um, me and like a friend of mine, just sort of like walked out over there and I was like hey i would never been to this like senior center and we showed up and we were like what should we say like why are we here (laughs) and I was like well maybe we're trying to teach a class Uh and so we walked in and we're like hey can we teach a class and they were like sure just fill out this form and then we're volunteers we just started teaching a weekly improv class there Um, and we have a recital coming up actually at the end of March. I would love it if you guys came out, (laughs) bring whoever you'd like, bring your son, Uh bring friends. It's going to be a friends and family recital. Um, all of everyone who's in the like class is between like 55 and 70. So and they're all really sm- like so sharp. Uh-huh. I love them. Huh. I'm obsessed with them. There's this one <laughs> I love this. one lady. Not to name drop again, uh-huh. her name is Judith. Uh-huh. She is a killer. Oh, she is wow. so funny, so quick witted. <laughs> um, she's one of my favorites in the whole class, and I just love. I mean, I'm not even like a per- like an improv person. I just think it was like an interesting experience to like. And I've never taught improv. I, have I was no, going to say,
0: do you have no, any No, cre-
1: no credits, nothing. I shouldn't be allowed to do it. They shouldn't let us in. They shouldn't let us do this, but we showed up and we're enthusiastic and they're like, that's fine. You get, you know, go in there, you do what you got to do and it's, it's fine. I've taken an improv class before, I guess. And I, that helps. But you really don't need to do know anything about improv to do improv. It's, don't don't it's... say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the recital goes, I yeah. guess. But...
0: Well, I guarantee you they're going to have fun. And their friends oh, yeah. and families are going to be like, oh, my God, this is so cute and wonderful. And they're loving it, yeah. They're going to love you for bringing that to them.
1: Hopefully. That's the plan unless it goes really bad. Yeah. <laughs> unless uh... it goes off. But Yeah. <laughs> Unless they ban us from the <laughs> senior center, which would be a shame because I also play ping pong there a lot, <laughs> and I've been recently getting into Mexican Train uh, just to see what that's about. Uh, I love going there. They have a great Tai Chi class that we sometimes will go and promo the improv class uh-huh. to. We'll like, hop in before the class starts and be yeah. like, hey, come to our class. It's pretty cool. It's every Tuesday at 1. Um, <laughs> so...
0: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to turn a little maternal on you. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, so try I'll, not to make this too awkward. I'll
1: become like a son. When, I'll, <laughs> no, I'll go son No, no.
0: When I, when I sitting here in front of you today versus remembering you from the open mics in your early days, which I didn't realize it was that early days, like mm-hmm. you were very closed off and you were like, you felt like you didn't want anybody to talk to you.
1: Oh really? And
0: that was my impression.
1: That's interesting. I yeah. never, I never knew that. That's what I was like. But that makes, I guess. Uh...
0: But you know, I, I wow. at the time I was also starting out, and I just didn't know what I was doing, and you know. Wow. thank, but...
1: thank you, mom. Do you mind if I call you mom? <laughs> well, with <that>? I mean, <laughs>
0: my real son's not here, so I guess. Yes. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just that, and I think that's part of why I'm so excited, because it's like, well, compared to what I was seeing at open mics, like, this is like, you know, you gaining your confidence over the years, and like, really finding the things that make you happy, and that's just cool.
1: I think anyone who starts when they're 18 will be, can be very, I don't know, I think that that's Mm. probably what made me a bit more reserved when I first started, was I kind of felt younger than everyone else, and... I was then scared that everyone would be, like, uh, pretty mean to me, (laughs) so uh, I think getting over that helped, and it it definitely comes from having friends who are coming up with you at the same time, that was definitely a big confidence boost for me, Yeah, that helped a lot, Um, but... Yeah, thanks. I mean, I don't. I didn't didn't know I was even giving off such a standoffish vibe at first. I thought I was. You were an
0: absolute jerk to me. Okay, let's just put it that way. No, you weren't. But I could. I've never had a conversation with you before then, and I'm. You know, I. I, I'll be very honest and truthful with you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm never having him on my podcast. (laughs) When you talk to me.
1: I was probably intimidated. I probably thought you were very cool and talked to everyone and also were very involved in the scene. I was probably scared to do so. And I was like, I'm too young to have any wisdom at this point, so I should keep my mouth shut. I feel like that's what a lot of starting young is, is you're around older comics and you can sound naive so quickly, so Mm -hmm. you just want to listen first before you speak. Um, that was definitely a huge part of when I first started up. You don't want to piss people off immediately or be just like, yeah, too annoying about it because yeah. there's also that where it's like, if you, you're doing stand up and then all you talk about is doing standup and that's like its own mind game in itself yeah, where it's like, true. I kind of actually just like thinking about other stuff and then the stand up comes from that. I feel like that's its own conversation. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Well, I just wanted to give you a, a, a props for, you know, I guess five years in now that, you know, I can see because that's my, I guess that's my role as the the uh, documentarian of the Austin comedy scene is seeing people when they're first starting out. And then, you know, when I get to talk to them or seeing them years down the road, it's like, oh, you're, you're blossoming. You've kind of settled into this now. You're comfortable in 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 this avenue definitely
1: feel stronger than when i was yeah i mean i just think part of it is finding the right people it's always about finding your people in whatever world you're going into and then becoming comfortable with them that was super important for me because if i didn't have like the support of my friends and just like i I don't know i wouldn't be able to go out i wouldn't be able to talk to people Mm. i'd be constantly doubting myself but i feel relatively confident that i can make things that i think are funny um like outside of just comp stand-up i mean in general that's the goal with whatever i'd want to do yeah yeah and with writing especially too that's like one of my i feel like that's something i'd want to do that's my passion is writing stuff because i i like performing but writing is something that I feel like is that'll be something I want to do when I'm way older and mm. performing. I might, you know, I don't know. It's always, it's just, you know, being in a room with people and then coming up with ideas is probably one of my favorite things to do. So yeah,
0: hmm.
1: I think that's a big part of what, well, I, I am still in stone school, but like I'm, I'm writer at like a, at the humor magazine there at UT and like last year we had uh, David McQuarrie on ah. uh, business hours and cool. he was like a former editor in chief for the magazine mm-hmm. that I write at, And he was so funny and it was so interesting to have him on. Cause that was like a huge moment for me personally to, to like see him. And I'd only seen him, I knew he did chortle portal like years ago and I hadn't seen him in Austin. And he drove all the way from Houston to do the show and that was such a significant moment for me to, yeah, I don't know. That was huge. <laughs> I, I loved, <laughs> loved every part of it. But he's like a, being able to write like that is, yeah, I don't know. That's super impressive to me.
0: Yeah. And to tie back to what I was gushing over you at the very beginning, you know, he he makes a pretty awesome video series. Yeah, fluoride,
1: fluoride, fluor. I
0: think it's fluoride.
1: I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> and I just I, talked I, talked I will about get how it wrong. Like so, him.
0: but yeah. But, so, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, his stuff is awesome. I love animated stuff. I love mm-hmm. weird weird TV shows like that. Yeah. I grew up on like a lot of weird animated shows, just liquid television, MTV stuff, like you know, Mike Judge shows and South Park when I was in middle school and just all of that stuff I think is Super important for like development, yeah, and developing your sense of humor, finding out what stuff you like, right? Because, like, I'm I, and I mean, yeah, I, I used to listen to like the serious XM stand up radio thing. I don't uh-huh. know if you ever experienced I never that. listened to it. That was a huge thing for me, it was just shuffling ah, comedians, yeah. just shuffling jokes and sets, and uh, that was probably one of the most impactful. Hmm. Early experiences I had with comedy. That and Conan O'Brien, his show. Just Mm -hmm. like my family would sit together and watch that all the time. That was huge. Yeah. I don't think anything's ever really... I don't think anything will ever come like surmount what Conan did for me as a kid probably. Wow.
0: That's big. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as I warned you, my mother at some point was... Gonna chase you out of here. Oh yeah, uh, I, brought,
1: I hope she enjoys these treats. She, I brought I'm sure her. she will enjoy them. I <laughs> tried to get treats that I think my mother would like, so <laughs> I I got like some old oh, some cookie check tea cookies are very popular with yeah. older yeah. white women. Uh, so are um, so is the coconut macaroon, which I also oh, got.
0: Yeah, she'll love that.
1: So I hope she enjoys those. Yeah, and I hope y'all have a great dinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well let me ask you my closing question. Okay. One word to describe your future.
1: Um.
0: Mm. Mm. I wish I was recording this
1: virtuous.
0: Virtuous. Oh, my gosh. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm going to stick with that one. Okay. Because I started making the V sound, and then I realized I had to commit to it. Oh. So. <laughs> well, and also, gonna... it's, just a, it's a good word. I it think It is it's a, a good word. I really don't know what it means in this context. Though. Yeah. In I don't the know comedy know context, I don't either. I don't, know, I don't know what that means. But I think it's a cool word, and people need... Maybe... Yeah. I think it means, like, someone, you know, I'll re- feel good about it. <laughs> maybe, like, hopefully in the future, yeah. I'll feel good about my career in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll feel virtuous. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. What that, I don't know if that means righteous. I literally don't know what that means. God. But that's my word.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean it's I kinda think of it as like ethical, but I don't I don't think it's even that.
1: I think it's kinda like, you know, having good having like feeling positive about yourself or yeah. just good virtue, having good morals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I care about morals in comedy, <laughs> but I just just thought it'd be a fun old <laughs> biblical word to use
0: yeah
1: kind of <laughs> it's
0: great <laughs> all right well that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Zane Hussein. tell us where we can find you on social media
1: um, uh, projects? on and, yeah. Instagram at Zayn dot H-U-S-S dot A-I-N uh, Zayn is Z-A-I-N. and then I also have another store uh, I mean another project called Deems underscore store On Instagram that's very important to me Uh, it's a convenience store Uh, it's a celebration of a convenience store on a digital platform Uh, it's like a fake convenience store that I say my uncle owns and it's it's definitely one of my bigger projects I've worked on in the last year so check that out that's very important business hours is on Instagram you can find all of it like on my main page I'm sure Um, yeah that's that's all my social stuff okay Mm-hmm. And then uh, upcoming shows and stuff. Business hours might come back later. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs>
0: so noncommittal. I about. don't really.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Come to the improv recital for the senior center. That's gonna be huge. Uh, the name of our uh, group is Glass Half Silly, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm doing like an unofficial South by Southwest show for some bands that me and I think. The only other person I know booked on it is Casey Rocket. And then I think we're just doing that. That's the only other upcoming <laughs> thing I have going on. And check out the buddy system at Fallout. I mean, at Valve. At okay. the Valve. That's, yeah. I like doing that. Those are the shows I kind of regularly do. Is that a monthly? That's a monthly. So is the character show at Fallout that Emma Holder runs. Okay. Also a monthly show. Those are. That's my whole... That's me.
0: That's you. That's you. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Zane got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Comedy Wham Presents Zane Hussein. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Zane. Thank
1: you, Valerie.